Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I have always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have channeler Yolanda Tong. And Yolanda channels the Ascended Masters, a group of Ascended Masters who talk as a collective. And we have a live channeling that is pretty profound, to say the least. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Yolanda Tong. How are you doing, Yolanda? Hi. Thanks for having me, Alex. On to your show. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you and the entity that you channel as well on the show. Uh, as you as you know, you've been watching our, our channel for a while, a little while now. And uh, yeah. I love channels. I think they're fascinating. I think every like, you know, I have good friends with some channels and it's just fascinating the whole process of channeling. And and people always ask me, is it real? Is it not real? Are they acting? And yeah. I always say the same thing. Is what they're saying hitting you? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And and I really believe that. How can you tell the difference between a really good channeler versus someone who's maybe making it up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is if you close your eyes and you actually feel when they're talking, like just sit there and close your eyes, a really good channeler, there's like an energy coming off oh, of yeah. the message and you can really feel it. And whereas a you know, someone who's maybe new at it or having a lot of their own personality or ego getting in the way, it just kind of, you don't, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't expand you. It doesn't kind of make you feel a little bit more uplifted or energy moving through you or like, what's going on? You know, you feel it. When a channel or channels, you really feel it. And that that's, something's going on there. <laughs> there's some, there's something, there's something happening. I, a lot of times when I'm with interviewing channels, even on Zoom, you feel it. You feel oh, yeah. the, you feel the energy and people feel it when they watch it on YouTube. There's Absolutely. something there's something going on a lot of times. Uh and some are stronger than others and some are different. Absolutely. Everyone channels yeah. differently. I have, you know, like Paul Selig who whispers himself, yeah. which yeah. is fa- just fascinating. Yeah. Uh Daryl, uh, you know, who you are a fan of, Daryl Anka yeah. and how he does his thing, and so many others. So uh, I, I do love channels and I'm excited to talk to you. So my first question to you is. What yes. was your life like before this insanity that is channeling came into your life? <laughs> yeah. Well, for years, I thought it was insanity, but I loved it at the same time. So right. I kind of kept the, that insanity part to myself. Yes. Um, my life was pretty typical life. I I, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I, it's not like I, I was a little girl and I was seeing, you know, had imaginary friends and saw people in my room. I had none of this spiritual stuff happening. Although that being said, um, there, you know, I, I do come from on my mother's line, a very highly intuitive family, but it was never spoken about. And it wasn't exactly like they t- told me anything or taught me anything or talked about it. I mean, there's a few little incidents with my mother over the years where it's like, how did you know that? <laughs> but, uh, you know, how did you know a truck was coming in to move out of the way? Um, before the truck came around the corner, like little things, right? Like happened, but we just thought, oh, well, that was lucky. So my life was pretty normal up until I was in university. And I was living away in Vancouver for university. And I was, um, a friend of a friend of mine was throwing a party and she'd invited a psychic. And I was like, psychic, ooh, that's weird. Because the other part of my life growing up that I forgot to mention is I grew up in a very Pentecostal household. Now, this is my father, right? 
father's line. Dad, go to church on Sundays. Mom was like, oh, do we have to? You know, it was one of those situations. Sure. So obviously I'd had all of this Bible, Jesus stuff, you know, the, you know, psychic stuff is the devil. So here I am obviously. going, ooh, psychic, scary. Ooh. But then there was a part of me going, but I want to know. <laughs> So I I sit down in front of this psychic when I'm like, you know, my third year of university. And she's like, oh, you know, you're highly intuitive. And, you know, you've got these abilities and, and, you know, this is your life. And here I am trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? You know, I'm doing this arts degree and I don't know what I want to do with my life. And what am I supposed to do? And here she's, this is what you're going to be doing with your life. And I'm like, really? This? And, um, and yeah, and she said, one day you're going to be sitting in my chair telling people how, how intuitive they are and how gifted they are. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, oh. And it was like a light switch flicked on. And I was like, oh, I am intuitive. Oh, this is real. Like, it's just like, it was like the lights came on and I just saw it. And it, and it's like, that was it. That was it. My life had never been the same ever since. So, so did you, but so the light turned on, but you didn't just start channeling at that point. No, uh, that came about three years later. So what, so, was, what was that like? The, I always love asking that question. Like yeah. the first time you hear <laughs> yeah. a voice. Yeah. You, I know, right? You think so, you're going crazy at this point. I'm imagining. Exactly. So up to that point, I mean, she said, you know, you got a couple of spirit guides and I was like, oh yeah. And I could, I could feel them pretty shortly after. Mm-hmm. So I'd been feeling them, but then I bought this book, you know, I'd, I'd pretty like straight after university, I actually moved overseas to Japan and I was teaching English in Japan. And, um, the only online bookstore was Amazon Japan. And I was looking at spiritual books because I really wanted to learn more. And there was only about 50 you could get. And one of them was a book on channeling. And I was like, Hey, that looks interesting. I don't know. I'll just buy that. And I was doing it. And then in comes this guide and starts talking to me in my head, you know, the voice in my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And this actually was really nice and amazing, but also terrifying. And the reason it was terrifying is because also growing up, my mother's sister had severe case of schizophrenia. Where growing up, you know, auntie comes for Christmas and, oh, the voices in my head are telling me this nice thing. The voices in my head are are being really mean today and they just want me to go, you know, do this horrible thing. And so she was very not well, but there was always growing up this, you know, if you hear voices, it means you're not well. And like, like auntie and, and we hope that no one else in the family becomes like auntie. So the whole voices thing was like, oh, (laughs) I'm hearing voices accent, tone, male, female, the whole thing. I got it loud and clear. So I'm having this man talk to me, having this whole conversation. And I'm like, but it's not scary. It's not, he's not mean. It's actually, I was just bathed in love. So I was like, oh, well, this is, this is great. And um, shortly after that, I was like, you know, it became clear. He's like, well, let's work together. I'm here to help you. And so I, you know, meet up with a friend and they ask a question and can you tune in Yolanda and then he'd come and and you know before it didn't take long and and it was just he was coming in and the messages were just being pushed straight through me and it was like this is great this is fun you know and it, it actually felt like that he'd come in and the message would just literally get pushed out and and I'd be sort of saying it but it was my voice but it was his energy did you and then, did you did you remember it or do you like what happens oh, when it's happening are you like on the side or what do you happens? yeah it kind of start out as like I'd hear him come in and he'd he'd say this and I'd be like oh he's coming in and he's saying this and he's you know he's he's quite excited I could feel that I could hear the tone and then and then it was like he just come right in and like kind of take over without taking over because it was still at this point I was only channeling and and the difference between channeling um and and voice channeling which came later is that it was still my voice and it was still sort of my expression but it was like it's just sort of saying the words instead of me hearing it first and then repeating it. It was like, okay, you just, I'm just going to let it flow. And then blah, 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 it would flow. Right. So that went on for about six months or a year. And at one point he's like, it's, it's almost like I, I don't know what happened, but it was flowing. And then it's like, he just jumped inside <laughs> and I just kind of went out of the way. It's like, you know, pushed to the side, mm-hmm. came in fully. And then my voice changed, my face changed, my accent changed. And then he started talking through me and I'm like, 
whoa, what was that? That was so cool. You know what I mean? And like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost basically is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, and of course I was with some friends and, and they freaked out. What did you just do? What was that? That was amazing. And I'm like, I have to do that again. I have to do that again. So you're so I, excited. I, I love, I love the <laughs> excitement of this, this whole story. It's just like, and then this happened and I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. But you have to realize I'm in Hong Kong at this point and I had met some amazing spiritual friends. I'd found my community. We were all kind of like-minded sure. and we're all trying to just figure out who we are and what we do and, and really develop ourselves. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So of course, they're just as excited as I am. And I'm like, what was that? That was amazing. Can you do it again? Do it again. So we organized a night and I was like, okay, I got to I got to know what this is. And so I, I brought in and who came in this time? It wasn't that same guy. It was Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm. And he came in fully and took over. And I sat on that sofa and channeled him for six hours straight while my friends fired off every question they had at me. And and it was just, it was just like at the end of it, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is real. Did you <laughs> this feel is amazing? We, do you feel weakened or do you feel uh, strengthened okay. by it? Well, with after that six-hour channel fest, I didn't sleep for three days. You were wired. Oh, I was wired, wired, and and like just too much energy, and it was it was just too much. And after that, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I'm never channeling much. for six hours straight. A little too much. Um, I do now, but with breaks. <laughs> so, but it took years to build up to a point where it doesn't it doesn't wire me because that's the thing: you get wired and then you get exhausted, right? And it's, it's been finding that balance because um, it does energize you, but then if you do too much, it just depletes you. So it's like a battery, it, you just can't take too much electricity, if you will. Exactly. There's a lot of electricity that comes through. And for some people, there's more than others. It just depends on, you know, like the person sitting in front of me mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and what we're, what we're doing. So it's fascinating because for some people it does energize them and for some people it it does deplete them, but this isn't something people can do full time. It's not like you can just channel 40 hours a week. Right. <laughs> just... right. It's a, it's a bit much Yeah, from what I understand. It is a bit much, um, but it's a bit much. so, okay. So when did you, so now you're channeling and you're, channeling. With, your, you're with your friends. At yep. what point do you come out of the spiritual closet? Oh, see, that's a whole other story. Yeah. How, like, because <laughs> this is a, this is a thing that clears the room. Because, I mean, uh, when you've got a father who's like channeling, well, he didn't even know what channeling was, but, you know, that's the devil, you know, you, you know, exorcisms, you know, that's what they they did to people like me. No, so they would have like, burned you at the stake. They would have burned you at the yeah. stake. Let's just put well, that. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not telling my dad. And of course, then you have your mom, my mom's side, like, what? You're hearing voices. What are you, are, are you like your aunt? You know, you, you, like, you know, that, that worry would have come in. I'm like, well, I can't tell my mom. And well, thank goodness I'm, I'm living in Asia where they're far away and they don't have to know what's going on in my life. So I kept it secret <laughs> for years. For years. So you were in the, you were in the closet for years. I was fully in the closet for years and I was comfortable in the closet and I was happy in the closet because I could just do my spiritual thing with my spiritual friends and no one had to know about it because to be to be honest a part of me for a long time judged this channeling I loved it but it was also really weird and I didn't want to be the person who did the weird thing I wanted to be the person who did something more normal like healing or psychic or mediumship you know something that was just a little bit more I love that. I I love all that. Like, you know, like psychics or mediums, you know, normal stuff, (laughs) normal stuff. Right. Because, um, at the same time, this was my passion. I was, you know, teaching English and, and again, doing this, what am I going to do with my life? And what am I going to be? Because I'm not about to come out of the closet with this. Like, no way am I going to make this a career? Like mm -mm, mm -mm, not going to happen. So, um, I was channeling for friends and going, yeah, okay, I can do this weird channeling thing. And, but I, I, that's just the thing I do. I really want to become more of this other thing. And yet they kept coming to me like, can you just channel some guidance for me, please, please. I'm like, okay, I'll do the channeling thing again. And and I was working on it and developing it, but it, it was like, it was my passion, but I was also rejecting it for years. So it was really only, um, so that was kind of like this story. It was really only when I had my son about nine years ago when uh it kicked into the next level but 
anyway, the point is, um, I really took it seriously after that. And when I was taking it seriously, I remember asking another channeler that I was seeing, like, how can I take my channeling really to the next level? Like, how can I really develop it? And he's like, you got to start a business. You got to start channeling for others. I'm like, is there anything else I can do? <laughs> because uh, it's weird and people will judge me. And 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 I'm it's it's so weird, sure. this channeling thing. And what about my family? And uh, so I was in the closet for a very, very long time. And uh, interestingly enough, as I was starting to put myself out there, a lot of fears were coming. And the fears were, what if my family finds out? And and <laughs> and and what if like what if my family finds out? And I, and at one point I'm like I gotta clear this like I can't hide this from my family for, forever like this is just ridiculous, and at one point I did actually very recently as in uh, last year, <laughs> seriously, oh, wow. finally last year it took me years to get to a point of being ready to really clear this fear and and I did it in little baby steps but I had that burned at the stake lifetime that came up in a in a session where it was literally. I was doing whatever I was doing and my family found out and my family took me like grabbed me when I came home and put me in the back of the wagon or whatever and took me into the center where I was just grabbed and burned or hung or whatever. But, you know, witchcraft, it was one of those <laughs> lifetimes where I was burned at the stake and it was my family that turned me in and suddenly it made sense. Ah, that's why I'm so afraid of my family. It's not just that my auntie is is schizophrenic and my dad's side is all Pentecostal. It's it's that, you know, there's a past life here because honestly, my mother, I did actually tell her before this, was fine with it. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was these fears that were coming from something older. But it's it's gone now and um, my family are starting to find out what I do slowly. <laughs> slowly. After this <laughs> episode, after this episode, maybe a few more people will know. <laughs> Uh, probably. Um, but yeah, people are, are getting to know and, and I do, I've had a website and I've put myself out there and, and it's, it's been fine, but yeah, now I had a lot of fear around people finding out what I did, because like I said, I had that judgment that this is weird. I loved it, but I also judged it and clearing that judgment actually made the channeling get better. Which now, so, sense. so you mentioned that you, you know, two people, Arch Archangel Michael and and another yeah. being. Who is it, or is it a group that you channel? Okay, so I've had a very interesting experience with channeling. That's a little bit different than a lot of people. Now, a lot of people who've come on your show, like Daryl Anka, who channels Bashar, and you know, you had um, Paul, Belinda, Paul who yeah. who and channels the, the angels, and you know, but they've they've kind of got their team and it's been with them for a very long time mm -hmm. and it's not going anywhere they've got like a contract for that i've got a very different story because you know first it was a guide then it was archangel michael and then after that every time i channeled for years i never knew who was coming through until they came through so it could have been an angel it could have been an ans uh, uh sorry uh, ascended master it could have been a council. It, it was like, I never knew who was coming in to talk for the person until they showed up. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, you know, we've got this being but you do in. have, But you do have um, the ability. It's your choice yes. to allow them in. It's always your choice. Yes. It's not like a possession. Always your choice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. would come in and and I would feel into their energy. Is this a good energy? Maybe not so good energy. And it, it was, you know, good. Okay, I'll let it in. And they'd introduce themselves and that was that. But at one point, um, again, this is after the birth of my son, I kind of went, I'm tired of channeling whoever shows up. Like, why can't I be like Daryanka? I want just my team. I just want my I team. I want my team, you know, mine. That's just mine that, you know, because I guess I had this thing where I saw them as like, oh, well, you know, the person they channel is just so amazing. And, and I want that. I want, I want someone that can come in. And anyway, so then I just given birth to my son. This is very shortly after, and I'm having a lot of challenges as a mother. And I'm asking, I just want to channel one being and, and who, who comes in mother, Mary, the ascended master, mother, Mary, I'm like you, but, but, 
but but the Christian not, thing, the church thing, I don't want to challenge. You're not cool, you. Mother Mary. You're not you're like, not you know, cool. you're not you're Bashar. Not like, you're not Bashar. Or angels or like, <laughs> any, you just, Mary, really? Again, and there was that, that judgment of like, oh, it's the Jesus stuff all over again. But it wasn't. It really okay. wasn't. In I fact, know. she really helped me through challenges of being a mother with a child that didn't sleep and all of these things. And interestingly, the clients in those days were all mothers themselves. So a lot of the guidance that came in was really helping mothers sort of find their way in through motherhood and through life, being a mother with kids. So uh, that went on for a while. And then it was like, she's like, we're done. And she handed me over to a team, more of a uh, a collective, as a you call council, it. If you will, yeah. It was like a kind of a council, and their name was um, Kenora Sun. And I'm like, oh, yes, I got my team. I was so excited, and I, I was promoting it, and I was telling everyone, and I was just so proud of the fact that I finally got my team. I'm like, yay! It only took how many years? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And I was like, this is it. We're, we're, we're in it for the long run. I was like, I'm going to buy the domain name. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, oh, you're getting and, serious and, uh, if you get the domain name. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I was, I was literally at that point. And uh, they were good because they brought in my next level of work. Like they really, um, I guess I should say that, you know, right after the birth of my son was actually quite a, a life-changing moment. I had a very traumatic birth. And uh, it wasn't exactly at that point of a near-death experience, but it came pretty close. And uh, it was one of the most shocking, uh, traumatizing things that ever happened to me. It was just, you know, childbirth gone gone wrong. And uh, I actually had a hard time connecting to my intuition and channeling after that. It was like something had changed in me. I had changed. And I uh, couldn't channel for a year. Uh, I was also incredibly tired because I had a baby that didn't sleep, but <laughs> oh, I, I, could I feel you. <laughs> not channel for a year. And, and then when I finally could a year later, everything was different. Everything had changed. This is, you know, mother Mary came in shortly after that. And it was, it was like my work got focused, you know, before I would just channel whatever, whoever. And suddenly it was like the work became sort of focused on gifts, purpose, path, you know, the spiritual path. And this kind of a thing. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, this is this is getting serious here. And um, so when this collective came in, they're like, we're going to take that to the next level. And it's like, we're going to help people really open this and expand this even further. So they really brought in a good sort of foundation of my work. And I was like, that's the thing. We're here forever. So I'm channeling along. And this is back in, I think, 2021. I'm about to get ready for a client session and I'm calling them in and they're like, oh, we're just coming in to say goodbye. I'm like, goodbye? What do you mean goodbye? I have a client in 15 minutes. And they're like, no, we've, we've taught you all you need to know. You can do this. You, you, we've showed you how to do this. You know how to do this. You've been doing this. We've just been like training wheels. You know, we've just been like holding on to the back of your bike. You're already doing this. You're fine. You don't need us anymore. I'm like, but I do, I do. I need that name, you know, that collective and poof, they were gone. And I was like, ah, I got a client. What am I going to (laughs) do? So, you know, obviously you you panic when your team just bails on you. (laughs) Um, So then I I was channeling my higher self because it was like, well, no one else is showing up to the table. So I guess it's my higher self. No, just my higher self. Mm. Sure. So I was channeling my higher self, and um, and I I realized they were right. I actually was perfectly fine channeling my higher self, and uh, I don't channel my higher self now. I'll get into that. But one of the things I learned in hindsight is that while some people, you know, their teams are here to do the work, their their councils is bringing through valuable information. The whole purpose of my journey was with all of those different guides and stuff is they were really helping me teach me how to do it myself. Right. And that was it at the end of the day and, um, help me do it myself and access this myself and, and, and do the things that channelers do with these teams without the teams myself. So uh, from higher self, 
I learned that there's so much more beyond the higher self, you know, from the higher self, what's, what's above our higher self, we have our divine I am presence. So it kind of moved into the I am presence. And then it moved beyond that all the way up to source. So if you ask me now who I channel, I say it's called source intelligence. It's uh, it's more of a what than a who, which is interesting. How do you channel a what, Yolanda? But <clears throat> I kind of see it like this. Source intelligence is another way to say it is, is a bit like the oneness. It's the thing that kind of it's the the intelligence that is everything in the universe. It's the thing that connects it all together. I see it kind of like a library, a giant library of information that we You're all in the cloud. Access. You've plugged into I'm the, in cloud. the cloud. I'm plugged You're into in the, the spiritual. Cloud. You're plugged into the spiritual cloud. Got it. I understand. Exactly. I understand completely. It's the Akashic records. It's it's, it's all knowledge. It's everything and all yeah. at once. Access to it. So when you ask a question, the answers come pretty quickly to you. Okay. Exactly. First of all, one of the most fascinating. Journeys uh, and yeah. humorous journeys uh, I've had on the show for a channel. So thank you for making me laugh and and sharing all of that with us because it's been it's been very very funny. So can we uh, can we start doing a little bit of a channel? Can we bring in Source Energy? Yep. Yep. Uh, and I got I got some some interesting questions. Um, good. Good. I like it, questions for it or what or I don't know. Uh, it, what, who, whatever, even, exactly. even I, I just know that. Does it have a name goes, by the way? Does it refer to a name or no? I just, I just call it source, source. intelligence. And All right. It's just, it's like, it's like, yeah, like you said, like downloading a. a does it have, does it have a, does it have a, does it have a, um, does, it, does it have a jokes? Oh, it does make jokes sometimes. Depends, okay. on, the, depends on the audience. Um, you know, I, I think it depends on what the audience needs. Um, for some people, it, it's quite lighthearted, and some people it can be very serious. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be serious today, okay. uh, given, given the energy of, of, of our conversation. So I'm not going to walk in very very serious at this point. Well, hopefully, we can get some good information out for the audience. Yes. Um, so, and then what's your process? You just take a few breaths, and then. So um, my process is to yeah, basically take a few breaths and let the energy in, and I I kind of feel like it drops in and it just moves all the way through down okay. into the earth. And I kind of just step off to the side and listen. <laughs> um, I, I used to go completely away where I was kind of off with the fairies or whatever, and I would never <laughs> remember anything. But um, I, I didn't do that for very long because I'm like, I actually am really interested in hearing what's being said because I find I find it interesting. I don't always understand it, but so I've never, yeah. So these days I'm just kind of here. You're here. And so I promise it won't be six hours. No, so. <laughs> it won't be six hours. It won't be six hours. I promise that. So whenever but you're ready. I, I can't guarantee that the, the answers themselves are going to take two minutes either. They tend oh, to be I know. quite detailed. So so. I, I, will, I, will, I will guide and make sure it doesn't go past a certain time. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> just good. for your sake. <laughs> Thank okay. you, my dear. Hello, Alex. Hello. Whenever you're ready, we are happy to take your first question. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, what is life like for a soul on the other side when it's not incarnated? Oh, very interesting question. Now, we have to kind of break this into two parts because, well, we have souls that are, well, everyone has a soul and everyone has an aspect or a part or a greater part of their soul that is always on the other side, no matter what. So we have these parts of us that are always permanently 24 uh, seven, you know, get rid of time. It's just always on the other side. But then we have choices and we decide, well, I'd like to come to earth and uh, be a female or be a male and stay for a while or a long while or a short while. So, so we choose to come. And yet the entire time there is uh, a part of our soul that stays on the other side. So, so when you ask the question of what is life like on the other side, it, it, it really, hmm. Okay. Well, we could say that we so often are incarnating and if not here on earth at this time, well, 
perhaps in other places, spaces, times, dimensions, we are also incarnating. It is a bit like a managing a, a roster of staff, so to speak, where, okay, you know, we're going to send Yolanda down to Earth and we're going to send this other part of Yolanda over here at this time, at this planet, this place. So there's a lot of, of, of movement per se. But if we go back to the part of our souls that are on the other side, so to speak, uh, it is it is managing things, but as well as it is connecting to things. It is giving us, you know, it is it is connecting to information. It is connected to information. It is, it is, it is. It's just about how well the soul down on the planet, or sorry, the person down on the planet is able to connect to that information. It is a little bit more difficult for some than it is for others. Um, if you're watching this, it's probably because you're interested in connecting more to that soul on the other side. But to answer your question, because we keep going off topic, what is life like? like for the soul on the other side. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. To which we say, it is incredibly filled with love, connection, peace. And we want to say joy. But it's not just joy. If anything, we say there is an element of neutrality, as in a yes, there are moments of feeling joy. Yes, there are moments of feeling uh, of various things, but there is the sense of being much more understanding. And, and, you know, there's a part of us that has a much bigger picture, much more expanded awareness of things, and is not necessarily on a higher soul level getting triggered per se, or uh, but is able to sort of feel all the feelings and see all the, the things and have a greater understanding. But at the same time, you know, on the other side, there is this very liveliness, as in there is connection. There is, I am happy to see you. I have not seen you, the soul, uh, for some time. There is the sense here of being able to connect instantly. Instantly, we say. When you are on the other side, it, it is just simply a thought and you are there. You are connecting. You are meeting someone else, which for some souls coming to this planet at this time who are more used to that energy or who have <laughs> spent more time in that place coming to this very slow planet, which for many of us, it feels like slow. This place is not slow. It is fast. It is not, it is getting even faster. But for some souls that are new to this planet, this planet is actually very slow. Things don't happen in an instant. Things don't, a person doesn't just show up in front of you when you think of them. There is the sense here of things take time. You got to get in the car. You got to drive there. You can't just teleport in an instant. So there is a very different reality on the other side than there is here. And, and it is just so much easier to be connected and to feel connected and to know we are, no, the, the connecting is, is the connection to all that is, is innate with the soul on the other side. It is the, the human down here that has lo seemingly lost that connection or disconnected from that or, or doesn't know where to look or doesn't know how to experience that yet. It needs to do some work to expand into that or grow into that or, or become more aware of that, if this makes sense. Um, we feel like we didn't necessarily do the greatest job of explaining life on the other side. But at the same time, we say, it is something that when we go back to the other side, it is the most natural thing ever, as in a, oh, this is where I belong. This is where I've always been. This is just, we don't really want to say home, but it's more like a, ah, this is who I am. This yes. is who I am. And that's it. Does this make sense? It does make sense. I appreciate that answer. Now, do we uh, plan our life uh, on the other side before we incarnate? And if we do, do we have help doing it? Okay, this is an interesting question because we feel this is a soul-by-soul -soul situation. Now, some souls are very much like, I have an intention. I'm going to this earth to do this thing and this is what I'm doing. And uh, I need I need some help to keep me on track and to keep me focused. Um, and, you know, and I'm, 
I, I need some some things, some catalysts to ensure I do this thing. And I'm choosing this deliberate place, space, time, country, uh, you know, male, female. There is, for some, a lot of planning that takes place. And for others, there's a, I feel like I just need an experience and I need to leave it more open because I I, I need to leave it more open because I, I want to experience not so much the, the helplessness because, you know, we always have teams and guides around us, but I want to experience more feeling uh, separate, feeling alone, feeling disconnected, and seeing how I respond personally without the the, the greater care and support of the spirit world, you know, sending me signs and, and you know, making things, helping to helping to ensure certain things happen at, at certain times. So there's a bit of fluidity and flexibility here in the sense that some of us definitely, definitely plan these lives out. And if you try to step off, it's like the spirit world goes, no, 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 we're getting you back on track. Something happens where Maybe, uh, you know, if you if you if you really want to go to the left, well, something will stop you, a traffic accident or something will stop you to kind of make you go to the right. Maybe you're disappointed, like, oh, I really wanted to go to the left. And universe, how could you not help me manifest the left? And the universe is going because you were always meant to go right. You just didn't see that yet. So there is a lot of divine intervention, but quite often it doesn't look the way we are hoping or intending because we don't necessarily see the bigger picture. We don't see the bigger reality, so to speak. That being said, we also have souls that come here that that want to leave things open more just because of the experience that they are choosing to have. Does this make sense? It does. It does. Now, with that line of questioning, why would a soul choose to incarnate into an abusive life or a life or into a body that has disease or physical deformity of some sort? Okay. There are various reasons for this. Now, we want to say reason one. Sometimes a challenge such as let's let's go with the let's go with um, a disability or a, a, a disease. Let's go with the disability. Well, let's just say for for a moment that you can't see. You're born blind. You have a disability. Well, what happens when you can't see? Your other senses get stronger. You know, your hearing gets stronger. Your feeling gets stronger. You learn to navigate the world differently. You are able to develop, thanks to the one particular handicapped, you are able to, almost forced to, in a way, develop other other ways of, of navigating life. And perhaps you need all of your senses and 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 maybe you're very very good at one sense maybe you're an incredible seer uh through many lifetimes you're an incredible seer and you're like oh you know i'm such a good seer i rely on my seeing and i can't hear and and it's like well how about we disconnect the seeing for a while to develop the hearing and and so there's that one aspect of of some of us come with certain disabilities to help us learn something or develop something else, or perhaps there's something along the lines of surrender, you know, because maybe we are being forced to surrender into something and allow something else, something different, something greater to come in because we are forcing or pushing things in a certain way. Now we're talking here about, you know, disabilities and, and, and illnesses. Now that's sort of one end is to develop other skills. There's another sort of a, a section here is some souls have an agreement to, for example, um, because some illnesses, let's put it this way, are, are, are genetic. They're handed down, you know, oh, I have this illness. My mother had this illness. Her mother had this. And quite often we inherit these illnesses. So as to, for, for some souls, to shift those illnesses and to ultimately heal those illnesses out of the family for future generations, such that it's like, you know, the illness ends with you and you may not cure it completely, but a lot of the story behind the illness or a lot of the reason for the illness itself ends with you. So some people are here to ultimately put a stop to things to change how things go into the future. Um, so there's another element, but when you kind of go down to the abusive side of things, 
or the the trauma side of things. Well, that's a different story because those are difficult situations. And 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 as much as we would love to say we choose our reality and therefore we choose this, we don't always choose this. That's the thing. Things we all have free will on this planet, and maybe we choose a particular experience. You know, I choose to maybe uh, incarnate into a household that isn't the most peaceful. But remember, uh, here on Earth, we all have free will. We all have the capacity to decide what we're going to say when we're going to say it, what we're going to do, and what we're going to not do. And so sometimes, even though we don't choose these situations, they still happen. It's not that we are being punished. It's not that we've done anything wrong. It's not that it's your fault. It's not your fault. We all have free will. Things happen. It is about how you choose to handle what happens. And and we say it a bit like this. Some people will have something bad happen to them and they'll walk around like, poor me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Poor me. I've had this terrible thing happen. And yes, you did. We completely acknowledge that. But other people will take that situation and go, okay, that was really, really hard. That created a lot of trauma. I I did not enjoy that. But what were, you know, why did that happen? And more importantly, how can I change so that I'm my future isn't a repeat of the same thing, that I can have a better future, I can heal. And also, and also, what gems, what, what gifts come from the situation? Uh, quite often we see this. Many people who've had a traumatic experience have a, a deep compassion, a deep understanding of what it's like to be in that situation and how it feels to be in that situation and how how alone they felt or how difficult it was. They develop a sense of compassion for others. When they come across someone else who's been in the same situation, there is a connection. Oh, we are the same. I did that. I was. I went through that. You went through that. There is a sense here of being able to relate to each other, not to the whole boohoo, this happened to me, uh, although that does happen. It is more the sense here of, uh, well, you know, I went through that and I came out the other side. Let me help you because I've been there. There is that compassion. There is that recognition. There is that understanding of what it's like. And for so many of us on this planet, we feel disconnected. We feel alone. It is it is something that is so prevalent in the society. People can have uh, so many friends and be super social and feel alone and feel not understood and feel disconnected. And then when you've got a certain situation that has happened to you that you think no one else would understand and along comes someone who's been through that themselves, it brings about a, a cohesion, a sense of I'm not alone. It brings about a sense of connection. And so what we're trying to say here is that sometimes these bad things happen to you to help you to grow, to help you to expand, because you would never have changed. Back up a minute. Back up, back up. Quite often, these bad traumatic things are catalysts for change. I do not want that anymore. I do not like that anymore. Things have to change. I need to change. Decisions are made that change your life as a result of those traumatic experiences. Perhaps we choose to move to another city or another country, or perhaps we we, we choose to change a particular situation or learn a particular situation as a result of what we've been through. And as a result of 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 that, we so often are then able to connect to those and connection is the key here. So often, you know, and, and connection is the first step in healing. When we can connect, when we feel connected to, when we feel understood, when we feel someone understands us, gets us, we feel safe 
enough to let go of the trauma. And so we're not saying people are incarnating here to have these traumatic experiences just so that they can, uh, you know, relate to those who've had it. It's not like that. But so often growth comes, people are able to, because of their traumatic experience, better help others grow and move through it and heal. Healing is the key because there's a lot of healing happening on this planet. We don't know if you've noticed or not. Mm -hmm. We assume you've noticed. But, you know, there was a lot more trauma that happened years ago. There was a lot more abuse, you know, child abuse. And, and you know, you, you only have to go back in history about 200 years and you see children working in factories and, and you know, children, slave labor and all of these different things. Our history has had some very dark periods and there's been a lot of awareness that's come up and things have changed and things are, are, are rapidly increasing. There is a lot more awareness that, you know, that's not okay anymore. You can't do that anymore. That isn't appropriate. And, and really, as a society in general, we are healing. And so sometimes it takes someone who's been there and done that and moved through it to be able to help others going through it. So as to stop the pattern, so as to put a stop to it, so as to to really help heal this planet, because ultimately this planet is healing. And the more people that are stepping into the roles of, ah, that was crap. I don't want anyone else to go through what I went through. I want to help change the reality, change things are ultimately helping and contributing to the healing of this planet. Does that answer your question? It does. It was a beautiful answer. Thank you so much. I think you mentioned this in a prior answer, but I'm going to ask this question. Can a soul live multiple lives at once? Absolutely. And this happens. This is, this is absolutely. Now, uh, you may have heard the concept that time is a, a human invention, mm -hmm. <laughs> so to speak, like the calendar and this and that, because ultimately we do, uh, if we were to connect in up through our higher self into our, our, um, you know, up to our soul, uh, we, we, we find that we're not just a simple, I am Yolanda and I am one soul, uh, for example, you, Alex, are connected into what we want to call an oversoul. Um, a monad is another way of explaining this. And uh, if you were to look at the monad, the monad has the capacity to uh, split, isn't really the right word, but you get what we're trying to say. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to paint a picture. It's like split. Okay, we're going to we're gonna send a part of you over here and over there and over here. And we'll, according to our human clocks and calendars. Well, I'm here in the year 2023, um, but I've also had a, a past life, you know, in the, in the 1800s and another one in the 1400s. Uh, quite often, some of these are happening simultaneously, as in the 1400s lifetime and the 20 through 2023 lifetime are actually happening at the same time. Um, and, and, but there's a connection, but a disconnection as in a, we're not necessarily necessarily aware that's happening right now because, well, it's 2023, not 1400s, so to speak. But the point we're trying to make is as an oversoul, we have many extensions. And some of these extensions are, are able to incarnate or are incarnating in various places, spaces, times, dimensions, planets, uh, forms, and yet other, other parts of these extensions, so to speak, are not incarnating. They are simply up there in spirit and having a rest, so to speak, or are busy doing some work helping to oversee some of the other extensions that are incarnating. And so we do, uh, we're very busy as a soul and we've got a lot going on and there is a reason for this. And, and uh, honestly, we are bigger than we can imagine. We are far bigger than we can imagine. And when I say we, uh, we mean I as a soul. I, the soul, am far bigger than I can imagine. I am far more complex than I can imagine. And, and uh, as you can imagine, we as a human, we come here and so often we have a reason for being here. We have a, a purpose. We're here to achieve something. Let's let's go back to that lifetime we said as, as a dis disability where you can't see and you're developing your other senses and you're learning to balance out your senses and, and sort of develop new skills through practical real life application of being on this planet. 
if we were to come back to the oversoul here with all of the extensions, uh, the oversoul itself has a, a kind of a greater purpose of something it's trying to achieve, something it's working towards, something it's it's you know it's it's expanding itself, it's growing, it's it's expanding itself. And as a result of this, it does have some things it needs to learn. It does have some blanks it needs to fill in. And therefore, along comes the extensions. We're sending this one to Earth. We're sending this one to, I don't know, Pleiades. And, and so we have these different ones having these different experiences that are all uh, contributing to the overall growth and uh, expansion of the soul itself. Now, some of these extensions, you know, maybe let's just put one here on Earth, 2023, and the other one in 1400s. Maybe they're having completely different stories playing out, completely different realities. Maybe one's a male, one's a female, one's a farmer, the other's a, uh, I don't know, a business executive. <laughs> they're living very different lives, but they're also, you know, having experiences that are all contributing to the greater whole, which is why if you go digging into your past lives, you may find, no, you aren't always a filmmaker in every single lifetime. That's obviously not practical, but that you've had a, a variety of lifetimes where you've been in different places and spaces and careers careers and jobs and situations. And it's, it's varied because as a soul, we love oversoul speaking as a soul. We aren't narrow minded in a sense of, I just want to do one thing. It's, it's, it's like, I want to experience something greater. I want to experience this. I want to experience that because the more we experience, the more we learn and the more we learn, the more we understand. And the more we, as a soul, Oversoul can expand. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So it's a, hopefully that answer is clear enough and makes sense because uh, the point we're trying to make here is that the soul, the oversoul is far greater than we can comprehend. Mm -hmm. It is far more complex than we can comprehend. And yet it is very simple. Does this make sense? It does make wonderful sense. Thank you so much for that answer. Why did we at this time incarnate at this time in history right now? Uh, this is a good question. And it has been approached from many different perspectives. Uh, we would like to share a perspective. When we look at history, the ball started speeding up. The ball started rolling. It was almost as if, if you can, if you can picture a mountain for a minute. Let's just let's just use the metaphor of a mountain. Historically speaking, on this planet, it felt like trying to push a rock up a mountain. Things were very slow. Things were very hard. Things were very challenging. Not much changed. Not much changed. But there was a shift where it's like, ah, oh, we've 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 hit the peak. Ah, we can change. Ah, we can start going downhill. Oh, look, the rock is going faster and faster and faster. And this is great. We are finally making progress. And that's the key. This planet is ready for progress. And so all of the souls coming to this planet are here to contribute to this progress and are here to contribute to the changing nature of this planet. It is a time of rapid acceleration and rapid growth. And there are certain things you can only learn, going back to that oversoul experiential thing, there are certain things you can only really truly experience when things are going fast. You know, if you are in a farmer, uh, a farmer working the same fields where you don't meet a lot of people and not much changes over the course of, of 50 years, there isn't a lot of growth happening. There isn't a lot of, of inner change. There isn't a lot of, of things that challenge our perceptions and challenge our, our belief systems and challenge us to grow. But right now, as we said, that boulder is rolling down the mountain and things are getting faster. It's moving faster. We're having to almost some of us are having to run to keep up with it. Like, wait for me, I can't keep up because because the the momentum is building. Things are speeding up. And that boulder, by the way, 
has not reached the bottom yet. <laughs> it's nowhere near the bottom, meaning where we are now here in 2023, it is only going to get faster. The more and more things uh, change, the more things are going to change. Things are going to continue to accelerate. But this is a good thing because sometimes when things go fast, we can do so much more. With the energy and the momentum, we can do more, we can shift more, we can change more, and we can do it fast. So it doesn't have to be years of struggle and years of strife and years of pain and years of, of not much moving. And we feel that things are more more and more and more going to be revealed, going to be changed, going to be up upgraded, updated. And yeah, there's still going to be problems on this planet. Yeah, there's still going to be issues, you know, just let's just use the whole boulder going down the, the mountain mm -hmm. analogy. There's going to be little rocks and juts st sticking out and, and things that are going to kind of try to trip up the boulder and kind of make the boulder go, ouch, there was a big sharp thing there. Oh, ouch, uh, that hurt. We, uh, we need to deal with that. There's still going to be problems. There's still going to be challenges. And it's not just going to be smooth sailing down the mountain because it's not. Uh, it's going faster. It's not a smooth path. It's a jagged, rough path. There are sharp bits. But as we get faster, we are able to move through it faster. And there's a lot more support growing by the day because uh, um, part of the, the going faster, you know, it was fueled by things like, for example, the internet, where there is a lot more connection, worldwide connection, global connection, collective connection, where you're having more and more souls going, that's not okay, that needs to change. And as a result, the energy behind things, the culture around things is changing. And in some cases, it's changing a little slower. And in some cases, it's changing very, very fast to the point that the older generations are going, I just can't keep up with it anymore. It's just, it's just going, it's just moving too fast, even for me. Um, does this make sense? It makes perfect sense. And this makes perfect sense. Thank you. And my final question is, do you have, well, do you have any last words uh, for my audience? Hmm. Yes. We would like to share a piece of advice. And we're going to quote the words of Gandhi, we believe the name is, be the change. And we want to explain more, be the change, because we feel this is, this is a very key thing. Now, being the change isn't just like, oh yeah, I'm different. No, it being the change isn't just acknowledging you're different. Being the change means making a conscious decision to change, to do things better. For example, maybe you're having a difficult relationship with someone and they trigger you a lot. And you're upset, like ah, this person, they just make me so upset. Rah, you know, and you're and you're you're off venting to your friend about how difficult this person is. Be the change. Go look at why that person triggers you. Go look at why this situation upsets you. Ask the big questions. Why am I getting upset? Why am I reacting this way? Don't look at them. They are just a mirror to something deeper in yourself and go, okay, why am I reacting this way? Why am I doing this? How can I change so that I don't keep reacting? Okay, I'm working through this. I'm I'm understanding there. There's some, you know, maybe this is how I've learned, or maybe this is what I was taught to do, or whatever. The more we go in and ask those introspective questions around how can we shift this situation? How can we heal from this? How can we we change? we change. And the more we change, the more we are uh, on a greater, greater scale, shall we say, activating the energy of change. Because the more of us that change, the more that 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 ball is building up the momentum, like this is changing, that's changing, we have more space to move. And the, the other thing, the reason why our, our advice is to be the change is because the more you take responsibility for your own stuff and choose to change, you have the capacity to become more, right? We say it like this, when you 
shift those triggers and come to a peaceful place, you are in a better place and space to be able to explore more, explore your passion, open to more things, become more of who you are, develop yourself, become a better version of yourself. Because the more you become a better version of yourself, the more you can inspire others, the more you can uh, support others, the more you can connect with others in a way that perhaps you could not before. But the more we all change, for the, for the greater good, that is, for the greater good, the better this planet is going to become, the faster this planet is going to change in a way that it actually gets better and better and better. But it all starts with us. And it starts with us asking those big questions. Why do I feel the way I do? Why do I truly, truly feel this way? How can I change myself so that I can be a better person? Stop pointing fingers. We know not all of you do point fingers, but the more you take those fingers, and come back to yourself and see that just as a mirror or see that as something that's trying to show you something or teach you something. Maybe it's not an exact reflection. Maybe it's not a reflection at all, but maybe it is triggering you to go in a different direction or do something else. The change starts with you. Some angel isn't going to appear out of the sky and just change you. It doesn't happen like that. Change starts from within. We have to want it. We have to ask for it. Our angels, our teams, our guides, they can support us, but we have to want it first. That is our message. We thank you for your time and send you many, many blessings and lots of love and say goodbye for now. Goodbye. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they are energetic. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's, it's definitely energetic. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm good. You're good? I'm used to this. It's it's um this is how it is. Lots of energy. Yeah, they <laughs> get a bit they, blasted. They get are a bit blasted. Yeah, they are pretty much like a like a like a shotgun. Just it just keeps <laughs> it just keeps coming. It keeps coming and yeah, profound and profound and profound. And you know, the funny thing is that people again, when they look at channelers, they just say, "Oh, they're faking it," or they memorize stuff. I'm like, you didn't know the questions I was going to ask you. First of all. Nope. These were not easy questions to answer. No, they were not easy questions at all. And some of these questions I have never been asked in my life. So because they're questions, go. because they're because they're, I call them minefield questions. Because you're yes. just you you can you could you can step on something really, and that's why I ask these kind of really difficult questions. Absolutely, because these are questions that people want to know, and I want to mm -hmm. kind of put that information out there. And it's by the way, one of the toughest ones about why we choose to be in an abusive situation or it's traumatic. Hard. That was probably one of the best answers I've heard to that question. It was very beautiful, poetic, and very relatable and understanding of why we do choose that. And hopefully that helps someone listening who is in those situations. Because yeah. like I've talked about on my show before uh, about my traumatic experience, I wouldn't be yeah. here without it. Oh, I'm the same. I mean, uh, I, I, I had a very tumultuous relationship with my very Pentecostal father, whose attitude was, well, yes, these bad things happened, but I asked God for forgiveness and God's forgiven me. So you need to forgive me too. I'm like, but that doesn't That's change that, that what doesn't happened. Work. I haven't spoken to God. That's between you and God. <laughs> This and, is between you and me, Dad. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, maybe you need to, you know, let Jesus into your life." And 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 I'm like, "No, <laughs> that's not how this works." And uh, so, yeah, I had a very challenging and and in my 20s, part of the reason I left Canada and moved overseas was to get away from that abuse, and so that I could heal from that abuse. And if it wasn't for the fact that I was so traumatized. I would not have sought out healing. I would have just been developing this channeling thing of, ah, I'm just being a channeler. Um, but actually my work isn't just channeling. It really 
you know, I needed a lot of healing, which opened the doors for me to learn healing. Mm -hmm. And I would have never gone down that path if it wasn't for the fact that I needed so much healing. And, um, and, and yes, I, I channeled, but I combined the channeling with healing because ultimately we've all had our struggles and challenges and some of us more than others. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are a ball of energy, Yolanda. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you are so wonderful. You're such, it's like a, a spark of life uh, on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all of my guests. Sure. What is your definition of living a good life? A life that's been lived, you know, when we have these dreams, but actually like going out and making them happen, like a life, Uh, that's been lived, experienced, and, you know, have your cake and eat it too. You know, know, don't just think about it or dream about it, but actually take steps to make it happen so that when you're 85 years old, you'll be like, ah, I'm good now. I did all those things. You know, that's a good life. It's a life that's been lived. What is your definition of God? I feel God is everything and everyone and everywhere. And God is all things. And, and what is the ultimate purpose of life? To have an experience. To have an experience, depending on, you know, ultimately the experiences are all going to be different, but we are here to have an experience. And I do believe that is the reason we come here. We don't come here to just put on headphones and just tune out the world and pretend that we're not here. We come here to have an experience. And where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Uh, my website, uh, yolandatong.com. And, uh, do you have any final words for our audience? Good question. I feel like I said them in the channeling. (laughs) Um, okay. Final words. Be yourself. And I say this because for years I hid who I was. I was the weird channeler. I was the weirdo. Like I, I didn't fit in. I wasn't cool. I did this weird channeling thing where I flapped my hands and and was this. And yet when I finally acknowledged that and really started to own that, my life changed. My life got a lot better. People started coming into my life. I connected with people. I made amazing friends, but when I was hiding myself, no one was really seeing who I was and I was lonely. So my advice is be yourself. Someone out there is going to love it. Probably more than someone out there is going to love it. In fact, you're probably going to draw in a crowd because the more you are yourself, the more you're authentic and you're genuine. And that speaks louder than any story, any mask, anything we pretend to be that we're not. Being our true, genuine, authentic self is the most amazing thing you can possibly do. And I know it's scary, to be yourself. Look at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm prime example. Yeah. Um, but I do believe the more you choose and decide and work on changing yourself so that you become yourself and not a version of yourself that you want the world to see, the better your life is going to get. That's my final message. Yolanda, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your gift with us and for everything you're doing in the world. I appreciate you, my dear. Thank you. And thanks to you because I know you're doing exactly the same. I want to thank Yolanda so much for coming on the show and sharing her gifts with all of us. Thank you, Yolanda. If you want to get links to anything we talk about in this episode, head to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash two zero three. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.